This is Billy Casper. Billy Casper cheats, steals, lies, fights. Because, well, because he has to. You see, if you're not like the others, if you simply don't belong, then you have to manage alone. Unless, unless you have a friend, like Kess. Come on, Kess. Come on, then. A very special friend, who doesn't mind that you're different. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a photographer and travel the world. If you've got a moment, you'll come back to the pub with me. I wanted to show you the photographs in here. The whole way of life. She's gone forever. When you eat together, you stick together. My mother always said that. Some of the locals are struggling too. Everywhere's closed. Even the school's gone. We can't even look after our own. Just one from back worse, isn't it? Imagine if all the families mix and start to eat together. If you eat together, you stick together. God, what? The village, the old oak. We need this. Hey guys, and welcome back to another Schlock and Orc quickie review. As always, I'm Lindsay Wilkins. And this time around, we'll be doing a little mini double feature. Because this time around, we will be looking at one of the newest and maybe one of the final movies of the great old British conscience that is... Ken Logue. So we will be looking at, firstly, his ninth, his second feature, Kez from 1969, and his latest, The Old Oak, which is out in cinemas. You can totally see this, and please do. Uh, it might ruin you, but it's going to be very cathartic. Ken Logue is kind of one of those old pillars of British cinema that has kind of kept the social realism alive. He always hires uh, non-professional actors, mostly, especially in his leading roles, which is definitely something you can see in Kez and definitely something you still see in The Old Oak. He is a filmmaker of his convictions. He always, his main focus is generally on the working class in Britain. One of the, the, the working class that is always on the edge of poverty or just in poverty. He, that's why I called him the old conscience of Britain. He's the one that keeps on reminding you that this is important. We need to keep focusing on this because if we don't, these people will just slip further into the cracks and be beyond any help whatsoever. They are, I'm not too familiar with his work, mainly because the one movie I have seen, I, I Daniel Blake, almost ruined, killed me. Uh, this is his uh, Palm Dior winner from, I think, 2007, and which, which is about a man who is trying to recover from a heart attack. His doctor has said he cannot work. Unfortunately, the government and the uh, what Australians would call Centrelink, uh, job support with all the, all the dole, uh, is basically rejected this and he's not getting any money in the meantime before his appeal, even though his doctor said, if you work, 
so it's kind of being stuck in the bureaucracy of being told you have to work, but when you can't and not being able to, well, basically living in poverty because you're not getting any check. And there's a hard watch to watch a guy who is not computer literate, who's not bureaucracy literate, trying to deal with these systems. And that is watching because Kez and Old Oak obviously first time watches and you see this throughout his movies. Yeah, they can be hard. I mean, his other movie, uh, Sorry We Missed You, which I have not, I've seen parts of, which seems very good, but again, very heartbreaking because it is very much about the gig economy and the serfdom of the gig economy because you're constantly having to, you might be your own boss, but you're not your own boss because you're constantly in debt. It doesn't matter if you're sick. It doesn't matter if you can't. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake. You have to keep hitting these targets and the stress that it can do to you. So I've always kind of been a step back because I am very much sometimes can be very wary of when a movie is going to make me feel things I don't want to feel. And I've always felt this about Ken Loeb. Uh, but watching Kez and watching Old Oak kind of did change my perception of this of this filmmaker. And yeah, let's get into it with Kez from 1969. Uh, as I said, this is a second feature. This stars a unprofessional actor who was only 15 at the time. When you realize this, it's like, holy shit. Uh, David Bradley, who's playing Billy Casper, uh, a young, essentially street urgent. Let's just call him the artful Dodger. Uh, he lives with his mother and older half-brother, uh, played by Freddie Fletcher. Uh, and he is kind of just trying to get through the day. He is a smart aleck. He will pinch your milk off the back of your milk truck. He uh, is a constant liar just because he wants to. And he's about to leave school uh, without any qualifications and go find a job, which because this is set up in a mining town, he's most likely going to head to the mines. Now, this is, of course, 1969. This is the Howard Wilson government. I feel when you're talking about Ken Logue, who is kind of in charge at the time of making and setting, is kind of important to the landscape of the movie. And as we'll discover, there isn't that much difference between Kevin Wilson and David Cameron. And I'm pretty sure Ke uh, Wilson was Labour. I want to say, I could be wrong. My British history isn't that great. Luke's characters from the three movies I've seen now, social mobility is never an option. That is not something that you can ever aspire to. It is, you you are where you're born and the only place is you either stay stable or you go down. Um, so this is where young Billy is kind of looking until he finds a Kestrel, which he names Kez. Now, before going into it, I knew it was going to be sad because animals don't always, as we'll see in this double, animals don't always do well in, in his movies. But it's not really about Kez. It's about Billy, which I loved. It is about him finding something about himself that he likes for the first time. It's never stated. He doesn't state this. You can just tell in how he talks about falconry and his bird. And it's not this, he loves the bird, but it's also about the fact that he can train the bird. The fact that he's learning. Um, there's this great scene where he's trying to get a book about falconry out from the library. And because he's underage, which is this weird spot to be in because he's expected to go in the workforce, but still he's considered a child. And I think, um, David Bradley's performance shows this perfectly. He's still a kid, and yet he's about to step into adulthood. So it's a really interesting coming of age 
movie in that respect. Um, and he's just lying for the sake of lying because he has to get a parent, which he does. He has his mother um, or his older brother, um, but he just doesn't want to deal with that bureaucracy bullshit. So he's just like, no, no, no. Uh, he, he actually pretty much says he's an orphan, I think. Like he's his mother's at work. He just he just wants the book now. So of course he goes to a secondhand bookstore and steals it because that is the Billy way. Uh, he is the Eiffel Dodger. He always has something mark on his face. It is ad- adorable. Uh, but he's really endearing. He's not annoying. Actually, none of these kids are annoying, which is wonderful because I know that has a longtime screenwriter that he works with. I don't know if he worked on on this, but he does have uh, Paul Laverty is a longtime screenwriter. I don't think he worked on Kez. Uh, he's not like... Mike Lee, where you just get a bunch of actors in a room and uh, then they'll just sort of improvise the movie and kind of bring it together in rehearsal. These are very scripted, planned out, planned out movies. But it does feel like there's an improvisation. I swear there's a scene where the kids are getting caned and there's this really young kid. I think he must be only about 12, 12 or 13. And he almost looks like he's about to cry. So I don't know. I'm like, did those kids actually get caned or is that kid think he's in trouble? Like it's kind of adorable and sad at the same time when you're looking at these kids, how they interact, how they bully each other, how your friends from one minute to the next. Um, and that is more the story than it is about a boy and his bird, but that makes it worth it. Uh, I love how the flying things are shot. They're very beautiful. Falconry is a very ancient thing in Britain, but also, so it's got this kind of, ethereal kind of druid kind of thing as soon as the uh kez is flying and then at the set at the same time it's very in nature which this is a boy who's living in the very industrialized north like he's sitting in a field he's looking over and he sees a factory it kind of that's kind of the world he's going and he's going to go into the mine so his is very industrial and the bird represents this kind of freedom that billy will never have also, falconry is usually uh, a very upper class thing. Like you go hunting with it, uh, you you have to be very wealthy to keep these birds. Usually, so it's again something that Billy can never really aspire to. Though it gives him the self confidence to go, okay, I could be my own person. I don't have to share a bread bed with my brother anymore. I can be something else. And it's amazing, amazing, truly amazing to watch. I can see why this kind of gets cited as a lot of people's favorite movie and kind of considered one of the great British dramas uh, because it does have that social realism. It does have everything like that. Uh, Before I finish, I do want to point out that Brian Glover, uh, the the great Brian Glover from uh, Once uh, American Werewolf in London does pop into this playing a very bullying soccer player who thinks he's in Manchester United or Man U and uh, some very just beating up the students and pushing them around and, and just, he's, he's hilarious. I mean, the scene goes on for too long, but you just got to think that this is Ken Loach just giggling behind the camera, these poor kids getting pushed in the mud. Yeah. And also uh, Colin Wheeland, uh, who is one of his teachers who kind of starts taking an interest in Billy, which never happens because the teachers in this world is just screaming, constantly screaming at the boys and caning them and telling them they're useless and will never be good at anything. And to have a teacher sort of ask Billy a question about his life and his interests once he finds out he's into falconry is 
a big deal. Like someone's actually going, oh, this is cool. I like this. Instead of going, you're a useless person. Um, why are you here? Which is what Billy hears all the time. You can kind of see the importance of it just through the reactions of the actors. And David Bradley's incredible as Billy. And he was not an actor. I don't know if he continued acting. Um, I just wanted to live in that moment of this kid just reacting to things. And I think that's a big thing when it comes to Ken Logue. I'm guessing that's definitely <laughs> Daniel Blake. Just people reacting to things and you're just like going, why is everything so hard? Um, because life is hard and life is shit and life happens. And it sucks because you often have no agency to things happening around you. I was uh, just uh, interviewed uh, with uh, David Mitchell, not Cloud Atlas, the comedian who also written a book, which is now just getting way too confusing. David Mitchell's stop writing. But he was talking about the bleakest thing about being a human is that when history just happens to you because you have no agency, you have no control over it. And I think that sums up Kez really well, but also what we'll get into with the old oak. I think that sums it up perfectly. Uh, so, yes, you, you can see uh, Kez. Uh, I rented it on Amazon. So in Australia, it's rentable on Apple and Amazon. I'm assuming in other places you can just find it on streaming in places. I know it has been constantly voted one of the best movies in Britain. Um, and it's definitely worth a watch because it's not as heartbreaking as you think. You you like enjoying living in this world and you want to see this kid happy, even if it's just for a brief moment. With that, we're going to get into his latest movie, which is out in the cinemas, uh, The Old Oak, which again, going back uh, to his Northern England and it surrounds a pub owner, TJ Ballantyne, and his community, his dying community, and the arrival of a group of Syrian refugees. Now, this is set in 2016, which you can definitely say uh, was a. I mean, 2016 was a long time coming, so I can't sort of say it, there was a sudden switch, but a very noticeable sudden switch. If you are very comfortable in middle class and not noticing that there's raging hate in the world. This is played by uh, the JT Valentine is played by uh, Dave Turner. And I think Dave Turner has been in a couple of other Logue films, but he's not a professional actor. So, and also the stars Alba Mari as Yara, who is a refugee. Uh, she is definitely the heart of this, this movie. And this is a town, I think near Durham, that was an old mining town that has pretty much been forgotten about, except when to, dump a whole bunch of refugees on them in a town that does not have the resources to be able to take care of them. Um, of course, this is, as I said, a noticeable political shift. This is, of course, the year Trump was elected. Oh, boy. And also Brexit. It, there is definitely the divide between the two. This starts off with you see a bunch of black and white photographs of angry people kind of holding cans because it's the north of England in the middle of the day and these people have nothing else to do. Yelling at a bus of newly arrived, scared, tired, traumatized refugees from Syria. Asking them, why are they here? Who are they? What's going on? You didn't tell us. And just getting more and more belligerent as it goes on. Before I get into this, I think this is more Ken Loke's more sentimental movie. It is definitely more sentimental than I, uh, Daniel Blake, which never softens around the edges ever. 
Kez, I think, does have softness softness in it, um, but there's no sentimentality whatsoever. It's just a um, almost like a documentary. Feels like it's just this is what life is. If they took the camera away, it'd be exactly the same. The old oak has a softness in it that admittedly did break me. I watched this before work, which was not ideal. Uh, because I was kind of a blubbering mess afterward. But I think if this is Ken Loeb's last movie, I think he wants to go out on a note of hope. And I think this is what this movie does. But there's not to say there isn't the trauma and everything else. I mean, this is a, almost feels like a movie of Ken looking at his beloved subjects and the working men of the North and kind of seeing them shift into hate. They've had enough. They're fed up. I mean, this is not a movie where the racists, well, there's one, Vic, he needs a kick in the teeth. But um, played very well by Chris McGlad, who really needs a kick in the teeth. These guys have lost everything. This is a town where once a flat was bought for £50,000, around about there is now being sold to offshore companies for eight grand. And so the housing market has just collapsed. And when that happened, so these people have lost everything. They probably, uh, this is even before the massive inflation. And then you've got this. And then the added thing of being, it's a one thing to want to help refugees, which is a noble thing. It's another thing to, to dump them away where you don't have to look at them. And this is what Ken Logue is saying especially with Brexit in the air. It, Brexit is never mentioned, by the way, but it is pointed out that it is 2016. And then you sort of start on the lives of Valentine and Yara. And they do form this friendship. It's over a broken camera uh, that one of the morons breaks because he's being an idiot and wants just to feel a little bit of power over people he can uh, bully. And it this is a movie that does spark a lot of emotion in there because you see the injustice, but you do understand these people have been left to not even the wolves, just nothing. Uh, Same with the refugees, in fact. And it's one of those movies that reminds you that you often have more in common with your perceived enemy than you do not. Both of these people may have very different traumas, maybe very different experiences, different religions, different languages. Um but they have but they have the commonality of society. Now, I've always believed we live in a society, so you're going to have to deal with people you don't like. It's just the way it is. You, so you have to kind of band together in certain ways to make the best of what you have. And this is kind of what the old, old oak does. Um, it is about finding the commonality between two cultures, two sets of people where people just want to look at the superficial and go, oh, you're different, therefore everything is your fault when you can be looking at other bigger forces that should be working in your favor, but often not because it's too difficult. You'll forgot. They don't think about you enough and everything like that. There's one of the characters who is definitely one of the old grumpy old men who I started to call them, who were drinking in the pub, who want to vent their grievances, but they don't want to, it doesn't feel like they want a solution to their problems. They just want to air their grievances and it's very, very panel. One of the characters whose wife is very ill, probably terminal. He's the one who sort of noticed who kind of has can't sell his. He realizes he just can't sell his flat. 
they is worth nothing and he's overpaid which when it was worth value now it's just gone down so he realizes he's kind of worth nothing and now he's got an easy scapegoat which is the new arrivals of of the refugees who is it's not their fault they were when you realize what a refugee goes through it's horrific and horrendous and then they are just there and it's an easy way to um to point out the differences and go well I'm just going to blame you because it's easier and I don't have to think about it too much. But what this movie does between the friendship between Yara and TJ, TJ is so sweet. They start finding the commonality and it's the idea of bringing the community together. Albert plays Yara as curious as a person who I would be understand if you did not want to be curious about the world at all with what she's gone through, with what she's lost this is not a person who would be required to be curious about the world she's in. But as soon as she gets into her town, she's curious about the people. She's curious about the history. She's curious about everything. And she is a character that will always stand up for herself. She is a character who is open-hearted and will let anyone in that wants to be let in. And so it's through her and uh, another community um, person of the town, Laura, played by Claire Rogerson, who decide um, they want to, the whole thing is about the old oak is that it's the last public space in the town. They don't have the church hall. They don't, I think they don't really have the school hall. There's no place where the town can just be together. Everything's fractured, which is a really good representation of people just being in their own heads and looking at YouTube all day. Um, In fact, there is a scene where, a Syrian kid is getting beaten up by a group of uh, local kids and the bit guys in the pub are just trying to figure out how he deserved it. Not that, hey, maybe six guys shouldn't be beating up one kid. Um, it's more, okay, how is it his fault? Like, we need to blame him. Um, and it's really fascinating how YouTube is only sparingly used, but you get the sense that everyone's in their own head. So they come up with an idea of using the old back room that has not been used in decades for a meeting place for the community where they can feed, where they can go and have a meal. It's a really simple idea. The whole idea is the people who eat together stick together and food plays a really important role. Now it's not like usual movie food where it's luscious and gorgeous and you want to eat it. It's just mostly brown actually. But the idea is, is that, you are sharing food, you are sharing tea, therefore you talk. And that is the idea. Now, unfortunately, this doesn't always go down well with his regulars who wanted the back room opened again because they wanted a place to air their grievances. It was just a shouting match. Again, they don't want a solution. They just want to yell and be heard. I guess be noticed. Everyone wants to be noticed, I think. And when your life is falling apart, you want to see patterns. And sometimes those patterns can lead into some very wildly bizarre InfoWars places, but that is kind of essentially the movie. And I like how this movie is very sentimental about that because I think King Lode wants to look at these guys in the pub and go, you don't have to be like this. I've made movies about you since the sixties. I understand, like, I know what you're going through. I have a whole decade's worth of movies that show exactly what's going on. I mean, we've gone through minor strikes. We've gone through a shit ton you don't have to do this. There is another way. Can, you're only as strong as your community banding together. And I love how the strikes are often 
referenced in this movie. This movie is very rare. I mean, both Kez and this movie, even though they don't really state it, are very informed by Britain's history. And there's a sense of the guys in the pub who are racist, who are bitter. These were the miners in the 80s that the community held up and said, we are going to help you. We're going to get through the strike now. That didn't happen because Thatcher was had a friggin' so many things of of um, destruction in her handbag. But that is kind of the sentiment. And now these guys are being left out because in charge of the community anymore. In fact, this movie is very feminine, um, which I would be interested to go back and see through his back catalog to see if he focuses more on the men or women or the together togetherness in this movie. I know Dan, I Daniel Blake is very much about another friendship between a man and a, and a woman. A very platonic, like very much like uh, Ballantyne and, and Yara. But the way this, just the dinner scenes are so beautiful and were just making me cry um, because it was like, oh yeah, no, we can talk and it doesn't have to be about big things. It can just be about what we're doing with our day and understanding how we celebrate different holidays or, and just over food and just communicate. And the fact that this kitchen was not just for the refugees, it was for the whole community. This is a place where people cannot afford to feed their family. They are making decisions of whether they heat their home or eat. And this is something that goes on a lot. It happens in Australia, it happens everywhere. So if there's a place that a couple of days a week they can go and have a solid meal. It is worth its weight in gold. And they do say, this happens in Daniel Blake as well, when someone is at the edge of poverty or in poverty and no money, you disappear. Because this happens a lot in uh, Charles Dickens as well. The embarrassment of it all. Um, because also to be a part of society, you do actually need money. You need to pay taxes. You need to be... Um, contributing like working i mean there's a whole bunch of things that you need to do to be part of a community and we forget that sometimes it's just being there and i'm starting to cry now and i think that's a really important part of it i haven't even gotten to mary yet the dog oh my god that just yeah um no this movie is sentimental which from my experiences with kez and i daniel blake it does not happen in his movies, but I think if this is his last movie, I think he just uh, Ken Log deserves to have a dollop of sentimentality in his in his movies. Um, I think he wants to go out on a note of hope, and yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got emotional talking about the older hope, but no, it is it is a wonderful movie. It will make you smile. It will make you cry. It does everything cinema is, and it kind of reminds you it does what movies are meant to do it's showing you a life that you may not know about and understand that is not your experiences and give you that experience and that is what cinema is meant to do and that's what both kez and the old oak do and i think i think he's an important filmmaker and i'm looking forward to going through his filmography even though it may be a punch in the gut a lot of the times um but yeah that is the quickie review uh, as usual, you can find us on all the socials, either under Schlocken or One or Reading Geek. And actually, actually, I know what the next um, the next uh, quickie review it's going to be. 
Actually, I think I'm still under embargo. <laughs> Actually, no, when this comes out, I won't be under embargo because I still have to edit this thing. Um, a certain action master is coming out with a new movie um, themed around Christmas. Uh, so, yes, we will be talking about that one. Um, but we'll be back with another cookie, a quickie review. All right, thanks, guys. Bye.